If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly video game show about podcasts. No, wait, your weekly podcast about video games. I'm Ben and with me here today is the most glorious Duncan of them all, Brandon. What's up, dude? We were just talking about Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. And it just like, your name is Duncan, so I feel yes. like you're legally obligated to like Dunkin' Donuts more than like its competitors. I know. Uh, me and Ben Affleck share a very deep-seated love for the coffee and donuts that come from that place. Wait, what the hell are you talking about? What about Ben Affleck? You don't know this about Ben Affleck? No. There's just always photos of him walking around with Dunkin' Donuts cups, like him walking out of his house. He'll get it like door dashed all the time. Really? It's. I feel like it's kind of a meme. Yeah. Hmm. I don't really follow celebrity memes. Sorry. I don't either, but Reddit all really just takes you to some strange holes in the internet. <laughs> That's true. Um, in more than one way. Dude, you know, depending on your filters, it can take you to multiple crevices. Um, <laughs> so. Well, so one time uh, when I was working in an office, mm -hmm. a coworker, uh, like we, we'd all just go in each other's offices, whatever. And I would never lock my door unless I was like, gone for the day. Yeah. So one time, uh, and my, my coworker and I would always talk about stuff we found on Reddit. He came into my office and just like opened up, you know, my computer was just on, Yeah. opened it up and subscribed me to like, I don't know, 30 or 40 porn subreddits. You're like rule 34. The second you fucking open up your Reddit. And <laughs> I opened up Reddit and was just scrolling through all, you know, like I did just to waste the day away. Sure. Cause I'd run reports and have like hours. I couldn't do anything with the program that oh, I used for work. Absolutely. I don't think my bosses ever knew <clears throat> that because I just did it. <laughs> but, uh, so I just do whatever. So yeah. I mean, I was playing Hearthstone at work at one point. Yeah, fuck it, dude. And, uh, <clears throat> I just opened up Reddit and I'm like, Holy what the hell is shit. happening here? So it took me probably a good week to figure out, like, because some of them were like more obscure ones, apparently. Oh yeah, and they just pop up here and there, and I was like, wait, what? That, am I on all? Am I? Why is this like? <laughs> yeah, they got uh, something to tickle anyone's fancy on that uh, good old re Reddit. It's insane. Um, yeah. but uh, I'm doing good today. Good, glad to hear it. Um, yeah, I'm just doing good. We're gonna leave it at that. All right, Dave, are you also doing good? Yeah, yeah. I guess. I'm are you also, Are you doing well? Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know if I'm on Brandon's level today, but uh, okay. um, I'm do, I'm doing good. I'll take okay. well as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well's just the proper English. I mean, you wouldn't know because you're in Canada, but that's the proper American way to say it. Proper English, really. You speak French up there. So. Well, what, what did well, I say? What do you know about? Well, you you English. said it correctly. I, Brandon said he was doing good, but it's actually doing well. Pretty good. Oh. It's just my subtle way of mocking him. I learned that about you pretty quickly, Ben. Like yeah. when we first met, and that, I mean, when we first met, it was kind of your job to do this, but you're... Literally, um, it was my job to do it. Yeah. And uh, I, I actually learned a lot from you about just like, I think the biggest thing that you were a stickler for was uh, my abuse of commas. Yeah. And I know a lot of people abuse commas. 
But uh-huh. uh, yeah, and the other thing that <clears throat> I'll never forget about you is uh, I can't use the word um, truly anymore. Right. <laughs> because of your disdain for it. And now every time I hear somebody say truly, I just like, it's like nails on the chalkboard for me because it's like, it's one of the most pointless and like overused words probably in the English language. Cause like yes. if, if you need to use the word truly in front of something, like if you didn't use that word, would you be lying? Like it's, it's right. just unnecessary. Right. So I, I understand sometimes you need it for emphasis, but to use the word truly like if you said this is one of the greatest games of all time, is that really more impact or is that really less impactful than saying this is truly one of the greatest games of all time? Like, I don't know. It means this. It's, it's just a filler word, in my opinion. Yeah. And so I, I like to keep things as clean as possible for the average Internet reader because they have usually pretty low IQ. The other thing you're talking about <laughs> commas, uh, and I include myself in that, by the way, you're talking about commas and. I think that you you did use a lot of extra commas, if I'm remembering correctly. But the thing that uh, gets me, and I don't know that you did this or not, is when people, when they're using a parenthetical statement, like if you were to say, I like to go to the beach. Uh, let me start that over. I like to go to the beach and, in case you didn't know, take my shoes off. A lot of people would put the comma before the and, and in case you didn't know, when really... Uh, it should be and comma in case you didn't know. So that's another one I'm a stickler on because is that the Oxford comma? No, that's not the Oxford comma. The Oxford comma is when you separate like three different words in a sentence or multiple different words in a sentence. Oh, God. Some people don't use the Oxford comma and it makes the sentence run together. Yeah. And the, it you actually gotta use multiple it. things. You got to use it. You got it. I mean, you got it. I think you got it. That's how I learned. I started reading rather well in a, at a young age because my mom made me and one of the that's my dad was an English major at one point or I don't know if he was an English major or not but he was definitely into English and he knew all sorts of languages and he would always correct me when I was growing oh, up really? like in a nice way right but like right. helping me and I think it has helped me but then like also the reason I know a lot of vocabulary that I probably wouldn't otherwise know that that like most normal people don't know right is because when i'd ask him what a word meant if i heard it on tv or whatever like he'd, he'd say go look it up you'll you'll learn you'll know it better that way fair enough and so i'd go look it up yeah and yeah. sure enough i remember a lot of those words that probably don't come up like in normal <laughs> conversation right. ever what does succubus mean dad go look oh, no. <laughs> dad, dad what's the bukkake google image that right now <laughs> search reddit man okay that's that's something there dave i wonder I, I don't really know one way or another, and I don't want to Google it to find out. But I will. How long has the word bukkake existed? <laughs> Hold. Uh, no, we need somebody to. Can we get an okay. intern, Dustin? Okay, Edward Castillo. You want to Google everything? Here's <laughs> something you can Google: the origins of the word bukkake. <laughs> no, it's just the subject matter interests me, so obviously I'm interested. Like I'd imagine the the act existed. Sure. I mean, it, it's it's existed since uh, you would assume since you know the dawn of man, but at least the dawn of the internet. Do you think uh, subhumanoid versions of us were were bukkakeing? I is that how you would say that? Is there a verb to bukkake? Bukkakeing. <laughs> ben, come on, you got to help me here. You go um, to this shit. I think it would be to bukkake. Like, or you could cheers to it to bukkake. <laughs> 
I wouldn't cheers to it, but yeah. it's like, the, it's like you wouldn't the past say tense is, they I wanted guess, me to bukaki them. Bukakied, if it's past, Dave. I got yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'm not really sure how that, yeah, I don't really know how that would work exactly. Man, I didn't even study for this. Uh, I, That seems like it's on brand with you. Yeah. Yeah. This conversation out, started pretty highbrow, but. <laughs> you told us a couple weeks ago you read a book and that Dude, I shocked did. me. I think I'm going to be good for at least another decade. I was going to ask <laughs> when your next one was going to be. To be honest with you, I, I'll, I'll be pretty near retired by the time I finish another one. But yeah, that makes that adds up, actually. Yeah. What uh, are, are you mostly just interested? Like, would you read just pure fiction or does it need to be like a true story mm. based on a true story? At least. No, it it does not have to be. I think the problem is that. um sometimes like with tv shows and other things there's a lot of filler and if i could read something that was super concise and it doesn't have to be like hitting every paragraph Uh but i feel like things that are concise attract my attention more right i've considered getting into manga for that reason because Mm. it also has like pictures associated with it but i certainly and all all the smut well sure sure obviously you know same interest in that subject material um but I still would have filler in that too, because a lot of mangas have that as well. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I used to be an avid reader. And now when I start to try to read a book, I just fall asleep. Yeah, I was going to say some people are like, I read a book before bed. And I was like, that is the best way to make me fall asleep, I think, would be to do something that fucking boring. I've been like on the edge of my seat reading a book like what's going to happen next i can't put it down when really? i was growing up like even through college a little bit i would like stay up until i needed to wake up right. reading because i yeah. was like so i had to read the next page yeah and obviously not every book is like that but i would get really into them and now i start to read a book and i'm like man i'm so tired yeah it doesn't matter what time of day it is either yeah i still do read occasionally but not as much as i used to i think I think the internet has given everyone ADHD that didn't already have it. Yeah, I think I'm doubly fucked then. Because you had it and the internet gave it to you like, well, that's like reverse then. Like maybe it cancels it out. Probably. Yeah. Dave, are you a reader? I've I've, uh, made a concerted effort over the last year to read more. Um, Uh I'm just about to finish my fourth book of the year. God which damn. I know people who read a book in like a day or two days. So I know that's nothing, but it's big for me. Sure. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to read a lot more. If there's any uh, any recommendations you guys have for me, I'd love to read it or, or you know, kind of move on to something else. But it's well, funny you, you ask about like fiction versus nonfiction, and I feel like I have always been a fiction person. But um, one of the best books I read in like the last I don't know few years was this <clears throat> um, retelling of like Cold War era spies. Um, being like exfiltrated out of out of russia and covertly and it's a true story and there's I, it, the book was called the spy and the traitor and uh-huh. um that same author has written a number of other books on true stories i think he wrote one on operations uh mincemeat from world war oh, ii yeah. um yeah. yeah it was a really really good author but the one problem i had with the book was like Right in the middle of the book, they put they they like allotted a number of pages for pictures. So they were actual oh, pictures yeah. of what you know happened throughout the course of the story. But the problem is it was right in the middle of the book, and I accidentally looked at some like that kind of spoiled things for me. 
Um, Spoiled history for you. Exactly. I, well, yeah. it was history that I didn't know, so I didn't right. know how it actually ended. But yeah, that wasn't that wasn't condescending. That was a well, yeah. It's yeah. anyway. So, but yeah, yeah, I like reading. Now, the book I recently read had that too, Dave. There was like a five or six page colored uh, yeah. photo section with, um, you know, incidents in the book. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, especially all the murders and stuff. Yeah. Dude, that <laughs> dude, you're thinking you're talking about Operation Mince and I I started thinking about books. I bet there's books written on this, you know, MK Ultra and Operation Paperclip. Absolutely. I want to know more about that. Yeah. Cause that shit, that's the kind of nonfiction that would interest me is stuff that seems like it should be fiction, but it's so crazy because it's real. I think that's why I gravitate. I like things that are strange because I'm a bit strange. Right. Um adds up. Yeah, I'm going to have to look more into that. Now, Dave, we need to get to the video games. But before we do that, I have to like clarify because you asked for if anybody has any recommendations. But all you mentioned was a, a genre you don't traditionally read. What kinds of recommendations do you want? Because like, you know, we've got some freaks who are just going to recommend you like, Dave, you should read <laughs> this book by this weird fringe communist guy. And like what? What kinds of books do you gravitate towards? Um, I, I think I'm kind of in like the sci-fi fiction realm at the moment. Um, I think I read uh, the book I'm reading right now is the one that made me really want to play Mass Effect. So that kind of tells you what you need to know. I read Dune earlier this year, Ready Player One. No, um, wait, when you mentioned you read four books, you didn't mention one of them was Dune. That's dude, a feat by itself. Dude, that is yeah. like fucking crazy. The that book is, is long and heavy. And I, I have a pretty short attention span with both like video games and books. So yeah. I need books where like the chapters aren't like 40 pages long and really, really heavy. So the fact that I got through Dune was pretty good. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, that's sort of what I'm enjoying right now. So yeah, if, you, if, nice. you know something, if it's something different, that's fine too. I like history stuff. I like... sure. Uh, a bit of romance um yeah there you go nice you like romance not really i just said that okay well i mean what book doesn't have romance in it Mm, probably the one brandon read earlier this year yeah it was about a serial rapist so there was no love in that yeah just bad things dave just throwing it out there boys let's talk about the callisto protocol and most of the stories i'm going to read here come from game rant today and uh, that is both intentional and accidental at the same time. Um, quote, the director of Striking Distance Studios, the developer of the Callisto Protocol, says the game's technical issues were caused by a clerical error. The survival horror game was launched on December 2nd across multiple platforms, but hasn't received the desired response from either fans or critics. The Callisto Protocol received mixed reviews, but it is heavily criticized for its performance issues and stuttering, mainly on the PC version. Following the disappointing launch, publisher craft and stock price plummeted by more than 8%. Understandably, the developers and publishers would be under severe pressure after facing criticism for the game's technical problems. Glenn Schofield, CEO and founder of Striking Distance Studios, has given a controversial statement about the performance issues in Callisto Protocol. He said he used the help of popular social media website Twitter to communicate with disgruntled fans who were upset about the stuttering issues. And he replied to a gamer who wanted to confront him in a live stream about their grievances by saying they were caused by a clerical error. A minute later, he replied to another fan and said that someone had patched the wrong file as they were in a rush. Fans weren't pleased by this response as they had shared their bad experience while playing the Callisto Protocol and were angry at developers for releasing an unfinished game. However, uh, just this, this website just reset on me. However, uh, he posted an apologetic tweet a few minutes later. He said he's looking for solutions to try and figure out how this happened while claiming that the developers of the Callisto Protocol are focusing the entire energy on fixing the issues. 
Schofield concluded the message by saying he is accountable for the problems and takes full responsibilities. So there's a lot of things to talk about. I mostly want to talk about not just the Callisto protocol, but like what kinds of bugs are acceptable. But also I want to talk about like the general reception, because I think we all saw the general reception to the Callisto protocol reviews and the game and everything over the last week. And uh, that's where I kind of want to take it. So Dave, is it okay? Does it matter if there's a reason why the game releases buggy? Um, no, I don't think it matters. It just is, or it isn't. Um, I don't know what exactly goes into getting a game out the door before reviewers have their hands on it. But, um, I don't know. I, I remember like when we were doing more, when we were more active in reviews, like if we noticed something was like really wrong, rather than just like write a scathing sort of article on it. Like we would usually go back to whoever gave us the code and kind of say, something seems a bit odd here. And they would be, Oh yeah, that's a known issue. We'll take care of that. So I, I I mean, in our experience, like there is a correspondence between reviewers and, you know, PR people or publishers before this kind of bad publicity kind of get gets out there. So I don't know. I I've, it's it's a weird situation to me, but at the end of the day, like how many times have we talked about quality assurance testing and stuff like that? So, right. you know, at the final product that is going to be in the hands of reviewers should be like the last people to see that should be QA people. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not a good situation. Whatever the excuse is, it's gamers are never going to be satisfied with that. Um, so yeah, it's, not good and the problem is is like that first impression is so lasting like i honestly feel like based on what i've seen is is that in the long run like callista protocol is going to be remembered as a pretty good game i think it's going to fall in that like days gone kind of category where yeah, yeah first impression was terrible but like there's a lot of people who are really enjoying this game and you know the issues have been patched and i, I assume there's going to be more content coming so they'll have a chance to kind of rewrite their own history but these first impressions are so hard to come back from. And I don't know how many times publishers need to see this happen before like that's like stonewall solution needs to be put in place. But it, I don't know. I'm just sick of hearing about these things because it's, it sucks. It really does. Brandon with seemingly every video game that comes out lately, having like a mess of issues at launch <laughs> and getting patched eventually <laughs> to be fixed. Is it okay that, I mean, you got to have a little sympathy, right? Like they right. released a game. Yeah. It was buggier than they expected, but should the consumer care about that? Yes, because not caring about it continues this thread. I feel like there's a big difference between... Sorry, what I meant, and you can clarify your statement, yeah. but what I meant was, does it... Should the consumer be like, oh, okay, that's fine. No, no, I don't think they should because it's not fine. Right. Um, and I, I think that's what you were going to right, say. Sorry, yeah, I'm that, cut you off. No, but. that's okay. That actually was what I was saying yeah. um, because like, I don't know, you were exactly right. And I was thinking that while you guys were talking is that we have just kind of come to expect that games come out and games are much more of a, a production. Yep. There's a lot more hands. There's a lot more moving parts. There's a lot more in the back end. I get it. But games now come out more buggy Every single year, it seems like there's there is new releases that have problems consistently, whether that be AAA studios, double A, like 
everything seems to most of the time come out buggy right. and it's not okay um and i feel like there has to be at some point when these studios have to reap what they show here i think there's a big difference between being a react someone who's being reactive and providing just like what dave said there's a difference between being reactive and being shitty just to get clicks and being um a resource for these people to actually change for the better right um and you know it is sad to see i think that the statement from the head of the studio I really genuinely wonder how active that person was in making the game. Glenn Be- Schofield? Yeah. Very. Like, hands-on, you think? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of shitty for the head to come out and say, oh, someone was just in a rush. Like, of everything, you know, it does suck that it had stuttering issues. And correct me if I'm wrong, mostly a PC problem? From my understanding, it was the worst on PC, although I think I think it had some of the same issues on Xbox, and PlayStation was the best version. Okay. Well, sucks all around, but nonetheless, I think that, you know, obviously under a lot of stress, your game comes out poorly, but to just like, not throw your whole team, but to kind of say, hey, someone was just in a hurry. Like you're a part of that team. Sure. That kind of didn't sit well with me. Yeah. And Um, he did come out later and say, no, but it doesn't. Yeah. But it's just like, you've said it. Right. You know, it is on the internet and that's how you felt. Right. Or you wouldn't have said it. You know what I mean? So, you know, Everyone makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Um, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, everybody gets that way. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I definitely won't be picking it up at this point. Maybe I'm, I'm honestly kind of just assuming this is going to go on sale pretty quick. Yeah, maybe. Um, they did. I mean, most people are now happy with the performance. Right, right. It's better now. but yeah. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of parallels to be drawn between this and dead space i'm not a dead space fan i think if i was there was interest just at all because it looked cool um i think if i was a big dead space fan i would be hopping on the second that i saw that it was pretty pretty stable so right um yeah i mean i'm i'm i guess it's not a cyberpunk level fuck up no no. um you know one none the same nonetheless so yeah dave on to a bigger picture thing Callisto Protocol, when it came out, a lot of people were giving it somewhat negative reviews and some of them very scathing. Some of them pretty good, actually, too. So, like, it had, you know, uh, but it had more in the middle there where it was like, it could be an okay game and whatever. But the bigger issue here is that, like, a lot of people just said it's not, it's got issues and not just technical, but it's got other issues as well. And we see this a lot, but a lot of people who have never played the game yet were just so, I don't know the right you know, the, the technical term for it, but butthurt is a good way to put it about how bad the reviews were. And a lot of, you see a lot of coping and a lot of people saying like, it's not that bad, you know, whatever. And maybe none of the three of us have played it. And uh, we, I intend to eventually, but as far as the larger video game scene, not just Callisto protocol, what do you think the deal is with like, why do people get so defensive about reviews? For games they haven't played yet, um, I, it's it's kind of just like the social media internet culture we have now, where like it it's my it's my duty every day that I wake up to go online and make people agree with me, and if they don't, then I I have to like find a way to make them agree with me, or you know tell them how they're wrong, and it, it people just seem to forget that like a review is one person's opinion. 
and I, I don't particularly engage with IGN a lot, but it does bother me when when like they put a review out there and people like compare their other reviews and right. stuff. Like the one thing I don't care about in a review in most cases is the score because yeah. I watch reviews and I generally go for video reviews to see B-roll of the game because I want to see things other than what the publishers wanted me to see in trailers and stuff. Um, I want to get a better sense of like what the actual gameplay loop is. And then a couple of other things here and there. And, you know, I have trusted people or, you know, reviews that I trust. So I do value their opinions in some way, but I also know where like the things I like differ. So, you know, if somebody like ACG complains about like audio, cause he, he's a big audio guy and he's right. always got like a section of a review um, dedicated to audio. I'm like, if, if he has a big problem with audio, it's generally not something that's too important to me. So that's where I know that our opinions differ a little bit. So I'm okay with right. that. But I think if people he thinks just... the audio sucks. You might not care as long as the rest of the game. <laughs> or if he yeah. thinks it's amazing, you still probably don't like that. That's an important yeah. thing to him. And like Tommy Tallarico was another one. And I used mm-hmm. to watch reviews on the run all the time. And he was like an audio guy, but that just wasn't a thing to me. But I, again, like you have to, I, I think like, if reviews are important to you, then find somebody on the internet who you trust and you you think you have similar tastes in and find out like where your opinions differ. Or you can just kind of like just watch them the way I do and, and kind of consume the B-roll and be like, okay, that looks fun. This looks worth it. This doesn't look worth it. So I don't know, man. It's, it's never going to change. Like people are always going to argue opinions on the internet. It just so happens that with video games, there are numbers attached to them that have like really big, it's really important to people but i don't know and the other thing is like when did seven become bad right most games are just mid like and that's okay that is okay because not everything can be an 80 and in fact who was i talking to maybe ben or dustin about this most things and i know review scaling has changed like almost nothing gets the 90s anymore like when you look at how many games come out and i know a ton of games like but like even mid nineties, like look look at Metacritic and Open Critic. Like a lot of things don't get in that range anymore. Period. Well, I think when you say that, you mean the aggregate score. The aggregate score. Because a yes. lot of a lot of outlets well, will still give high reviews, but that's not the general consensus. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, no, I'm in agreement with Dave. People re- just want to bitch to bitch, and I don't know. There is nothing wrong with a seventy. There are many games that I've played. Well, there's about 30% wrong with this. Right, right. Other than that, yeah. There are many games that I've played. Like, I will always go back to this. Um, what was it? Man- Maneater? No, mm-hmm. that's... The, that's the shark game that it, you platinum twice. It, is that also the uh, Hollow Notes song? It is. Whoa, here she comes. <laughs> yeah. Dude, why wasn't it's, I playing that the whole time I was playing that it's game? different subject matter. Watch but... out, boy. She'll chew you up. <laughs> I'm sorry, boys. Um, I got, I, sorry, Brandon, I got to sneak this in just before no, no, I forget. Go, go, but it, it's important. It, it, the number is we've just become so fixated on that number. And like a, a 70 is is generally not a bad game. It's it's a game that has good aspects and there's things people will like about it, things people won't like. Probably not a whole lot that you're going to have strong feelings for, that you're going to love or you're going to hate. But the thing to remember is the reason why so many people attach a number to the reviews is to get on those aggregators. That's literally right. the only reason. And I really feel like 
if if we lived in a, in a perfect world without lawyers and aggregators, then like we could have reviews that were just, you know, purely subjective. And like, if you wanted to know somebody's opinion, you'd have to sit there and listen to it, not just zoom to the end, look at the number and then argue with that person. So, wow. Imagine that well, actually listening yeah. and reading or reading the review. Yeah. So just scrolling to the bottom. Well, Dave, I'm in agreement with you. The, the number paints a very narrow picture of what is actually going on. Um, and anybody who knows how to interpret any communication from anybody um, should be able to dice, you know, dissect someone's opinion and, you know, see what they can and cannot agree with that. I mean, even the worst reviewers, often there's little morsels that you can, you know, surmise for yourself how you might feel about that prior to you actually feeling that. Right. Yeah. So. Agreed. All right. Well, uh, we'll move on from that, I guess, for now. We'll move over to one of my favorite topics of the year, Vampire Survivors. Ooh. Ooh, we. Next week, according to Game Rant, Vampire Survivors releases its first DLC pack, Legacy of the Moonspell, which features new characters, loot, and more. The indie game Vampire Survivors announced its first paid expansion, Legacy of the Moonspell, will be released next week. The news comes just a few weeks after Vampire Survivors left early access on PC and was subsequently ported to Xbox consoles. Developed by Luca Galante, Vampire Survivors is a bullet hell roguelike game that takes inspiration from games such as the Castlevania series. From early access to subsequent releases on PC and Xbox, Vampire Survivors has taken the gaming world by storm thanks to its affordable starting price point of under $5 and its addictive gameplay. The game went gold on October 20th on PC as it went through early access and full release. Critics and players hailed the game as an indie darling of 2022, and this has led to its inclusion as one of the nominees for Best Debut Indie Game at the Game Awards. It's definitely one of my favorite games of the year. If either of you, neither of you have checked this out yet, have you? No, and I didn't realize it was so damn cheap. I might go home and buy it. Well, yeah, get, get it on PC. Yeah, absolutely. It's like I think it's even $4 right now. And then there's a DLC that's going to be $2 next week. Can't beat that. I mean, you could. It could be free. True. Yeah. It's also on Game Pass. Dave. Nice. Uh, explain to me why you haven't tried the Vampire Survivors yet. <laughs> uh, I, I still don't even know like what, like you described it and it sounded like a mobile game. That's what I thought, Dave. And it could be a mobile game. Yeah. I, I literally can't picture this game. Well, um, I, I we were talking about videos and stuff earlier. I know you know how to use YouTube. Like you could just like you could just look it up a trailer or something. Dude, you might be able to watch a review and only look at the number, Dave. Maybe that'll help you. Maybe that's it. Maybe like when you told me like how simple of a game it was, I was like, ah, oh, that's not important, so I didn't look it up. But I, I, I think a lot of people have that because really, other than like when you go and you get your upgrades at the end of the of a run, you're really only using the left joystick or, you know, buttons like just moving back and forth you're not using a lot of other stuff so hmm. depends on if you're what input type you're using but yeah it's it's like um i've never done crack <laughs> but it's a little bit it's it's one of those one more game one more run kind of games oh gotcha and you can make the runs as long or as short as you want to realistically and you know it also depends on how good you are but there's a little bit of rng in there depending on which upgrades you get and everything like that yuck but like, it doesn't matter because as soon as you end the run, you start a new one. Yeah, true. So it's yeah. amazing. It's great. Seems like something good to just pop in and pop out, honestly. It's very much one of those games. It's I treated it very much how I'm treating Marvel Snap right now. Like, oh, I have a couple minutes. 
I'm just going to play one run. Or I just woke up or I just went to bed. Like, it's one of those games where you can just fit it in in between right, something else. Right. Do you think it will become a phone game? I think it... Well, they did put it out on xCloud or whatever it's called now. So uh, technically, it is. it could be a phone game if you wanted it to be. Gotcha. But I don't think it's a good cloud game if you don't oh, really? have perfect... Um, I think it's a game that requires a little bit more, uh, a little less input delay. Mm, okay. But that's just one man's opinion. A lot of people are enjoying it. So, speaking of Game Pass, because Vampire Survivors is on Game Pass, so Dave has literally no reason not to play it. It's also like twenty meg or something like that. So, even better. Yeah. Xbox Game Pass adds two games today, including a day one release. This was published. The today, Tuesday, Microsoft updates its selection of Xbox Game Pass games to add a popular title from earlier this year and a brand new day one release. Microsoft has once again updated the selection of games through its Xbox Game Pass subscription service, giving subscribers the chance to try out one of the more popular games from this year, as well as a new one. I just read that same paragraph twice. Wow. Perhaps the most notable game coming to Xbox Game Pass this month is High on Life, but that's not what this article is about. Yes. I'm very excited for High on I'm Life. I'm so by the way. excited to play it's that. It's next yeah. week, isn't it? I think I'm going to play it on PC, actually. That's crazy. You're going to get Game Pass? Probably not. Uh, I might for this. I don't. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's going to be for sale, but I don't understand why you wouldn't. Just I could buy a month of Game Pass and beat it and then still have you time probably to play get, something You're probably else. eligible for a free month, like a $1 a month trial. Do CD keys, man. Yeah. Anyway, the games are uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, which uh, I, for some reason, spent $70 on and didn't finish. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, also Hello Neighbor 2. Oh, Ben. And it's coming out day one. Like, it's, it's it released today that's and it you, came dude. out on Game Pass. Now, I really wanted to talk about this for two reasons. One, I bought Skywalker Saga at full price earlier this year. Yes. And I'm not opposed to just flat out buying my games if I want to play them now. But because I didn't actually finish it, I'm a little bit, <laughs> I'm a little bit galled about the fact that this is on Game Pass now, and I really just needed a taste of it. Yeah. And instead, I just bought the whole thing, and you know, then I saw it on Black Friday for like twenty dollars, and I was like, I know that's what games do, right? But it sucks when, like, <laughs> if I buy a game for seventy dollars and I love it and I beat it and I'm in the conversation, yeah, and then it's free later, I'm yeah. like, whatever. But the fact that I didn't finish it and now it's on Game Pass, I'm like, oh. The menus are a disaster in that game on controller. I fucking hated them. In what? Skywalker Saga? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. There's just so many fucking icons. You're right. And a You're mi- right. It's, yes. it's bad. Yeah. If I was on mouse and keyboard, it would be fine. But hmm. well, you can check it out. And try on it out. PC Game Pass. Yeah, if you want. As well. Now, Dave, I don't know if you remember. I'm sure Brandon does too. Do you remember when I reviewed <laughs> Hello Neighbor, the, the original release? I don't remember the instance, but it's come up in conversation several times. So I, uh, I am aware of, of your infatuation with this game, Ben. I am not infatuated with this game, <laughs> this game Dave. I, here's the thing about Hello Neighbor. I know we just talked about how every game has buggy releases and stuff like that. And it came out, I think, in like whatever their early access program is. And then eventually it released. And then, then I think they patched it and it got even better and better and better. And it somehow became a worldwide sensation and every kid was playing Hello Neighbor and whatever. And and for those who don't know, the premise of the game is, well, I'm still not sure, but I think you were supposed to sneak into your neighbor's house <laughs> yeah. in the first one. And they sent us a review for it and I reviewed it on Xbox One at the time. And out of a, out of a scale of 10, uh, for those people who don't care to actually read reviews, I gave it a four and a half. And I think that was a little generous, actually, if I'm being honest with you. It was 
not done, not finished, whatever. And I just thought it was so funny because most companies are pretty good, but some a lot of times when you give a game a really bad score, they're not going to want you to review the sequel. And they're probably not going to give you any other codes. But the other day in my mailbox, <laughs> got an email that said, attach your review code for Hello Neighbor 2. Round and two. I thought, did you guys not get it? <laughs> did you not get the picture? They forgot. And I'm not planning on reviewing and I don't need, I mean, it, and it might be, a, they might have learned a lot of lessons and fixed a lot of things and it may be a perfectly fine game now. And obviously the first one went on to amazing success and there were like toys in the checkout aisle at Walmart for Hello Neighbor. It, it was huge, but I just thought it was really funny. That it was like probably the lowest score I ever gave out. Uh, maybe even collectively as a team that I ever gave out. And a game I have mocked to no end. They were like, <laughs> here's another one. And I think, I mean, maybe they just weren't paying attention and that's yeah. fine. That's, that's whatever. But if they were and they still sent it, I'm like, good on you guys. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That, like you're not just sending things to people, you know, aren't going to give them scathing reviews. So just a little shout out there for those games and yeah, in game pass in general. Was there like a TV show or a cartoon or something for hello neighbor? You know, Dave, I don't know the answer to that, but it would not surprise me even in the least bit. I'm not up on the lore, unfortunately. Come on, guys, get with it, <laughs> guys. We run, we run the fourth best video game niche podcast in I Northwest know. Pennsylvania, guys. We got to get it together. We got a reputation here. I know. We're like Midwest Pennsylvania. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't think we're quite. North. If you're north of Pittsburgh, though, does that put you in the north part? Well, if Pittsburgh were the center, is it? I I don't know. I don't no, it's so. It's not okay. It's south. Yeah, it's a little bit south, but cool. it, the statement stands. <laughs> the statement stands regardless of ge- geographical yeah. you know the rest of precision yeah. i want to know who the other three are <laughs> the world may never know we still don't know that reminds me of talking about pittsburgh and the location when i worked at a college and i was having to go to places for for work i had allegheny county which is where pittsburgh is but Allegheny County stretches like super. Uh, Pittsburgh is actually huge. kind of in the north part of Allegheny County. Yeah. And it goes like another hour driving south. And I would be like, okay, I'm going to get done with this event at 10 o'clock. And I have another event there the next morning. Can I just get a hotel and stay? Yeah. Instead of having to drive basically two hours. And they were like, well, it's just Pittsburgh. I was like, no, it's Allegheny County. This event is almost <laughs> two hours from here. Right. It is not just Pittsburgh, which is only 40 minutes. Right. Like there's a big di- Anyway. Yeah. I'm just getting off on the whole. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Dude, can we talk about NFS? I was just going to say that. Perfect. Yeah, so Brandon just sent me a text and said, can we talk about Need for Speed Unbound? I have not followed anything about this game. 
So you take it away. Yeah, dude. Dave, have you seen anything about this? So I've only seen stuff, okay? Um, I have not played it. I plan on playing it, but if EA games are anything like EA games are, it'll be 40 bucks in two months, and that's when I'll buy it. <laughs> so, um, Dave, any any thoughts at all? I'm not saying you have to go first, and I don't have much to say. I've just seen some some discussion around it. Yeah, I'm with you. I've seen enough positive around this game to make me want to dive in either when it's on a subscription service or um you know when it comes down in price a little bit when my first reaction was like they've gone out a lot with like these visual effects and Mm -hmm. i honestly felt like they were pushing it a little bit with the characters being cell shaded but um i couldn't help but feel like it just looks like need for speed heat which i think was the last one um Uh, uh, i'm not sure but yeah, whatever the last one was with like more traffic and more visual and like those added visual effects. But right. I mean, the more I've watched it on Twitch, the more I've read about it. Um, people really seem to be into this need for speed. Like it sounds yeah. like it's probably the best one um, from a consensus standpoint in in a long time. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Yeah, I agree with that, Dave. It It seems like the discourse around this one is better than it's been in years, literally. Um, I was a little iffy about the art choices too. I, I like the effects on the cars, but I agree with Dave, the characters threw me off a bit, um, because the cars look completely realistic and everything else does except for the effects and the people. So that was a little strange to me, but I think I'm coming around to it. I've even seen some discussion online, people saying like, I don't even need forts anymore. I, I just play this game. And that's a, that's a sentiment that I have never heard someone talk about i always see people talk about forza and what a crowning achievement is and you guys know i fucking love forza so the fact that i see people talking so highly about this game in relation to forza very different games don't get me wrong i understand that but the statement stands so my interest has been peaked i was very concerned about it to begin with um because uh what was the last one or the last couple ones payback the one in vegas was fucking awful i've I played all that, but I did not like it. Um, I just like car games. Um, but no, it's looking really cool. And it, it it looks like they've kind of went back to the whole tuner scene, um, which is like my niche for the car game is like the whole tuner, the wide body, the maybe not necessarily camber. I can like dip my toes into that a little bit or my wheels, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it looks really good. I'm excited. And it definitely will drop, uh, and I'm assuming quickly, based on all their other games, always do that. So, um, yeah, I'm not paying 70 for it, but I'm excited to try it out when I do. So, you know if what, anyone though? on the Discord has tried it, let us know. You um, know what, I'm though? I'm interested. One thing, you know, it was a big mistake they made. I would have paid $120 at launch if they if they just had a little John on the main menu. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> they the go man, back the to their tuner roots it, it looks like underground it feels like underground that's just right that little john and we're all there <laughs> yeah and aside from the visual effects and everything some of the some of the actual moment to moment has actually looked pretty pretty clean as well yeah so i kind of right. uh, appreciate that about it and even little details like a lot of games don't make the cars sound incredibly accurate now i'm not saying that when forza has a ferrari and you don't put any parts on it they didn't take the audio from an actual ferrari because most of the time they do that's the level of detail we're working with in a lot of these car games but when you start to put parts on them 
like a supercharger and you hear the whine of a supercharger. I mean, I've driven challengers with superchargers in them and like you hear the whine and like little details like that when you step on the gas and I've seen videos of people stepping on the gas and just hearing that whine as someone who literally as someone who appreciates cars and the noises they make, not even necessarily muscle, you know, the same goes for turbos with blow off valves and everything. Um, I really appreciate that. So definitely on my radar. I don't have much of a an opinion about it. Obviously, I haven't played it, but it's looking good. So yeah, big time. I'm in such a weird spot because I really enjoy car games, but I don't ever stick with them very long. Yeah. So that's one of those that like maybe I'll try out a trial sometime. Yeah. Like, dude, I think is Game it Pass, on their subscription I service? Think it, well, I actually just googled it before while you guys were talking about Game Pass because I was thinking to myself, is this coming to Game Pass? Right. And, and it might. There's no announcement yet, but. I think there is a 10-hour trial. Well, yeah, it might be a part of EA. I'm sure, yes, sure it's part of EA it Play is. or whatever. Yeah. So this next one's also for both of you guys uh, because I have so little, uh, what's the word, experience with it. But according to IGN, Elden Ring's Coliseum DLC is real, free, and releasing tomorrow. Damn. Revealed in a new trailer, the Coliseum update unsurprisingly adds new PvP modes that let players that let's players can face off. I don't they Jesus IGN Christ. fix your shit. Okay. Who edits this? Not bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> too many comments here. Let's players face off in the grand arenas scattered around the lands between the trailer doesn't go into specifics on all of the new modes will be, but does clearly show both one-on-one battles alongside what appears to be doubles and even three on three fights. The trailer's description also mentions free for alls. Come forth, warriors, and bask in the glory of the Colosseum, it reads. The Colosseums of Limgrave, Lindale, and Kaled will open their gates, allowing players to engage in battles such as duels, free-for-alls, and team fights. The Colosseums have existed within the game since its launch, but have been inaccessible in normal play. That didn't stop some people from exploring the area, though, as modders got it working as early as April. Um, so, Dave, I'll go to you first. You, you know, One of your resolutions that you changed was to beat Elden Ring this year. <laughs> you accomplished your resolution. You finished the game. And are you interested in the PvP mode? Are you interested in jumping back in? No, no. Um, I've, I've never been a PvP person in um, in anything other than like Call of Duty, to be honest. And even then, I'm pretty sure that it. But I will say that... So Elden Ring's my game of the year. It's it's There's no question. Um, nothing's going to change that. And one of the reasons I enjoyed my time with Elden Ring was like, I loved playing it. I loved the 60 hours it took to beat. I loved the moment that Brandon and I shared when I finally took down the Elden Beast that w- yeah. I actually yelled like really loud. And my wife was on the phone with her mother or my mother-in-law. Uh, so it was a little embarrassing, but I don't care. It was, it was a big moment. But the other reason I enjoyed Elden Ring so much this year is Twitch. Like, oh, yeah. there's something about From Software games on Twitch that I just can't get enough of. And when you tell me that we're going to get a PvP Coliseum mode with, like, three-on-three, free-for-all, all-out kind of stuff, like, I can just imagine, like, what sort of content this is going to bring to Twitch. So while I won't be checking this out for myself, because I, that's just not how I play these games, I am really looking forward to uh, what, what people on Twitch do and... And what you know the PC modders do with this kind of stuff, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be it's going to be entertaining. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, Brandon, you spent like several hundred hours, 
in Elden Ring. Yeah. PvP? Uh no. no. <laughs> yes, yes and no. I've I've dabbled uh, much like Dave. Um I haven't gotten good as far as the PvP goes. I did more of it in Dark Souls 3, but I <sighs> This is different though. I feel like the PvP prior to this Colosseum is just very trolly. Like specifically, mm. most of the time you're ultimately trying to stop somebody else's run, pretty right. much. Um, this is different though. Um, it does kind of pique my interest. Like the article said, these Colosseums have been in the game. I kind of thought this was coming first. I mean, Dark Souls 3 did almost the exact same thing. If Ashes of Arendelle maybe was before the PvP update. Anyway, um, but this is pretty much the same shit they did with with Dark Souls 3 as well. Um, but seems pretty, pretty cool. I don't know that maybe 1v1s were a thing. I can't remember maybe 2v2s, but I don't remember 3v3s. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, and to think of, of free-for-all mode, that's pretty cool as well. Um, I have not done any PvP really, maybe a, a little bit here and there, but... I'm interested to see how they continue to evolve the scaling because to my knowledge, um, a couple months ago, they completely reworked the way PvP weapons work. Um, and I think they have specific scaling now that's different from the PvE. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely going to be cool that they can kind of hone in. I think that's the good call um, because it's hard to balance things that are meant to fight enemies and to fight actual players. Um, and so... Yeah, no, I think this is great. I'm mostly interested in story DLC. I think they always do an amazing job um, right. with the DLC. So I'm really looking forward to that. But anything to kind of uh, satiate myself until then would be uh, appreciated. And I honestly will probably try it out. Yeah. Um, get absolutely butt fucked three times and then quit so <laughs> i mean yeah i mean you already own it if that's free Why right not try right, it at right. least but exactly yeah and the fact that it's just coming out is great i mean obviously the assets were already in game so i'm assuming there might even be just like a couple gigabyte update and that's it but right no it's great and um hearing anything from them you know we've gotten some decent patches since launch um but this is a more substantial anything and i'm gonna grit my teeth into it just a bit i think dave do you think we'll see like this is obviously huge for the game it's you know the people who have put it down after beating it five times might come back to it for this if that's their thing but do you think uh we're gonna see more dlc for elden ring oh yeah absolutely and i i i would still not be surprised if we got an announcement uh at the game awards on thursday um about actual dlc i mean as as just to echo what brandon said like they've always done such a good job at reinvigorating the player base um with you know from software story dlc that they've done in their past games so no question there's gonna be more um at the same time just to kind of devil's advocate that uh i wouldn't be surprised if they hold off on it because i feel like the iron with elden ring is still really hot so we don't necessarily need something in like Q1, Q2 of next year. Um, I, I think they could actually afford to hold off until like the summer or the holidays. So uh, maybe it doesn't get announced on Thursday, but I, I would 100% say 100% be sure that there is, there is more um, story content and that I'm really looking forward to check out. But the thing is, is like, 
correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but generally from like holds on to like the most difficult, like grueling, painful content for DLC. Is that a fair comment? A lot of the stuff in the deal, I mean, obviously it's all difficult, but I remember three, which is what I have the most experience with. Some of the most difficult parts were in, I think, the last of 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 three's DLCs. Yes. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming. Yeah, no, it's exciting. And Dave, I had never even thought about that, but you are correct. I mean, even with the hype, so I don't want to say it's going to sweep the game awards, but I think it is going to take many awards, even if it doesn't yeah. win. I think it might win. But Dave's exactly right. He hit it on the head. And I don't think you're playing devil's advocate. I think you're completely reasonable is that the iron is very hot to steal exactly what you said. And think about that buzz just around the game awards like that is going to carry them into next year. So I actually completely agree with you there, Dave. You think they're going to wait? I think they probably will. Yeah, I would say maybe mid year. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they did something small. They could just completely surprise us and do it in February. But I don't think they would need to, which is what you were getting at. And I agree. But they have the rare opportunity, I think, where like they can literally choose any window they want to release DLC and it will be successful because it's not like, you know, I'm sure Bethesda is looking at Redfall strategically and saying like, we don't want to put this up against Spider-Man 2 or maybe even Jedi Survivor or something like that. Whereas Elden Ring says, we're fucking Elden Ring. We can do whatever we want. Well, dude, and they're just so evergreen. Like, it's like, I don't know, people are still playing some of their oldest shit, like, consistently. And they they really can just do, you're you're exactly right, just do whatever, so. I think it's going to, like, if they put out DLC, paid DLC especially, it's going to make them a bunch more money, not just because it's a good game, but simply by... I don't know the percentages on how many people tend to buy DLC, but so many, like this is a huge seller oh, and so absolutely. many people have it and we're obsessed with it and are going to play the DLC. So I think that'll be huge. And it, and it's also worth noting, I think it was only last month it dropped off the charts and it came out in March. That's pretty atypical. That's and the first real price drop I saw for it that was under $60 was right around Black Friday. And I think it was only down to 50 yeah, so that's crazy. That's, man. I mean, AAA games, other than some like Microsoft, uh, I'm sorry, Microsoft doesn't have any first party games. Sony first party games. Um, and Nintendo. <laughs> and well, yeah, sorry. I, I sometimes forget they exist. Yeah, me too. But some, some first party games from Sony lately have been not dropping in prices as quickly. Uh, Xbox games drop in price pretty quickly. Nintendo just never drops. But pretty much all third party games drop in price fairly quickly they at least get a price drop or a a sale or something pretty quickly and i could be wrong but i and because i've not been looking but i haven't seen Elden ring drop in price before black friday so that's for a game that came out in march that's huge crazy for sure boys it's that time of the show damn where we talk about what we've been playing brandon let's go first yeah i'll go first because honestly i I don't have much. I, I'm going to say the same shit I said last week. I did play more God of War. Okay. Um, you didn't say that last week. I played probably like I don't know. an hour I'm just, or something I'm just like that. You. I don't remember. But um, continues to impress me um, over and over again. I'm re-engrossed. I took probably like four or five days off, something like that. And I felt just as good coming back in. I was a little concerned just because I hadn't booted it up that I was going to be like a little man on it. 
as soon as I got back in and stuff started happening, I was immediately engaged. Um, I'm surprised still that it looks so damn crispy. I don't know if it's my TV, if it's my settings or what. It looks good. It looks damn, damn good. Um, so that's been lovely. Um, and just playing a lot more Call of Duty. I think I'm actually going to reach the level cap, which kind of sucks because then I don't know what I'll do. I guess I can, st- I can still play the game. You can still grind but, for camos. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, obviously I'm really enjoying it. I think I am going to reach the season cap though pretty pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, just really feeling out some more mouse and keyboard. I appreciate everyone talking about um, you know the aim labs and stuff, uh, which I've actually been utilizing. It's pretty fun. Um, but it's been an interesting learning experience, just completely changing the way my mind works. Um, I can't seem to wrap my head around, uh, the control button when I'm using, what is it? W A S D. Yeah. I can get all, all my other mapped default buttons on call of duty down just right. Like crouch, reload, interact just fine. You know, jump all of it. I cannot wrap my pinky around moving it down to that control button. I don't know what it is. I I take my my walking fingers off, so to speak. Oh, so I don't know how. Why don't you I just don't like know. put it on caps lock or something? I probably should, because caps lock. I think the only thing you really use that for is something in Warzone, like yeah. maybe the map or. I need to fuck with the button maps, but I also don't. My problem now is that I. I want to learn how most shooters play. And I know everyone is in the same, but I feel like if I fuck with it too much, then I will learn a way and be fucked for other games. Well, almost all games now, anything worth its salt has remappable controls for PC, especially. Right, right. So like, I mean, I know, but if you decided you always wanted your crouch button to be the tilde button for some reason, then you could do that. (laughs) Right. But I don't know if it's very effective. I use the actual arrow keys. Yeah. And I have to reach the whole. I use two hands and then my mouth to aim. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's been good, though. Um, just having fun playing games, man. I'm really I'm really blessed to have these two games in my inventory. I feel like I should feel like I want to play something else, but I'm so content. I'm right. so fucking content. And um, I will be branching out. I played a little bit of. Um, no, actually, I. I will talk about this. Fuck it. I played like 15, maybe 20 minutes of, um, I think it was called atomic heart. We played it a long time ago at PAX. It's atomic like a heart th- doesn't come out till February. And if you played no. it, I'm very mad at what you. What was the 3d realms game? Which one? I'm such a jackass. Now I can't even remember it. Anyway, I, I play a 3d realms game. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, forget it okay <laughs> i it was a good time and it was fun because it was this retro ass shit and i hadn't played a doom looking game ion fury ion fury there okay. it is that was kind of cool yeah i hadn't seen how far that game that game actually com- came because i feel like we um played it pretty early yeah i, I, ended up, I didn't think i reviewed it but after it came out but it, it lo- was only on pc yeah it looks awesome the old style graphics with some like updated animations actually does like wonders. It's yeah. kind of crazy. So it's a really good game. I think you would enjoy it if you played it, yeah. played it through. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good, like, well, it's built on the build engine and so many games from the era where it just, it, it runs really well. Yeah. For me, uh, I've been playing a lot of call of duty also just working on really. I haven't actually got to play call of duty because I've just been working on unlocking guns still and like leveling everything up. So that's been consuming a lot of my time, and uh, I'm just enjoying it a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I knew I would, 
and a lot of i think our buddy lockmore was like i really thought you guys were gonna quit playing this after two weeks but you're still here i'm like yeah dude, it's call of duty we, <laughs> we stick around for call of duty other games we drop after two weeks yeah. the call of duty sticks around and then i've been playing uh plague tale requiem again i put nice. it down for a little while not necessarily intentionally but i was really busy but also like i was just in the hype of call of duty and every time i'd go to play plague tale i'd see all my buddies in discord playing and I was like, well, I got to play Call of Duty with the boys. And I, <laughs> I still have that to some extent, but I've like dedicated myself to playing a little bit of Plague Tale uh, every day if I can. And part of it is just that the game is so good. And the, the, you know, the game before it was so good, but it's just so damn depressing. Every time I play it, I'm like, I want to kill myself <laughs> because everyone is dying and there are rats everywhere. And I think that's, I've been struggling with this idea. Does the fact that it's, so dark and dire and makes me not want to play it a good thing because i think that's what it's trying to do yeah not that it's trying to make me not want to play it it's like the last of us too yeah in that way and i won't say what it is but there's a there's a part i got to where it's like a reprieve and like it's it's real sunny and cheery and bright and everybody's happy and i was like oh cool i could just like explore the world and do and like five minutes later it's like you're gonna die everyone's <laughs> gonna die your little brother's gonna die there's rats are gonna eat your fan i'm like oh there's a fucking rat nato blowing into town literally a rat nato too <laughs> yeah and so like it's it's really good the 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 themes are really complex i feel like and at the same time very childish like sometimes you're like oh wow that was that's kind of deep what they just said. And other times you're like, I could have written this dialogue when I was seven, seven years old. <laughs> so I'm a little conflicted about some of it in some ways. And it's definitely giving me like, wow, this is so good. And at the same time, I don't care at all. And I think that's because I have other games out there to play. Like I've got call of duty with the boys to play all the time. And I want to finish God of war. And there's other games like there's the Callisto protocol and there's evil West. And like, there's all this other stuff. So I think that's part of what it is, is I'm like, I just want to get through this game, but it's really good. Can I say something about that? Yeah. I felt the same way about Metro. Yeah. At points I was like, Another game that makes you just want to jump off a bridge. Well, yeah. At points, I was literally like, why the fuck do they keep saying my name so often? Why are these cuts scenes so long? And then in the next moment, I was like, holy shit, this game is fucking awesome. Yeah. And it just kept bound. Like, overall, I had a great experience. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. But I, um, when you were saying that, I was like, damn, that's... The one thing I will say about Plague Tale is it has this system, and maybe it just hasn't come into play yet. Early in the game, it was like, depending on the way you play, you can unlock different traits or whatever. Mm. But I haven't figured out how those traits come into play other than maybe they're just, like, maybe it's later in the game, but I'm a little over halfway now. And I'm just like, okay, when does it come into play that I'm like, that this is something and maybe it already has and I just haven't noticed. But I go through phases where like, oh man, I love stealth so much. This is awesome. I'm going to creep around. I'm going to take an hour and a half to get through this cornfield, uh, this wheat field so I can like dodge all the guards. And then other instances where i'm like all right baby i got unlimited rocks i got a bunch of fire i'm going in like and i just right. because i want to get through that section so i don't know i'm a little conflicted on it still i think it's awesome and i think it's like a it's a really solid game and it runs pretty well not always amazing on pc but there's just something about it where i just can't get stuck into it uh and then the other thing again mobile game I've been playing a lot more Marvel Snap, although I've been playing a little more on PC. And again, it's just one of those games like, all right, the boys are all going to bed. It's time for me to go to bed. Let me just play a couple rounds of Marvel Snap. And I've started getting into like 
actually researching decks and stuff Dude, and researching metas. cards damn research researching the metas and everything and this game is in my brain but i i don't, I don't want to go on too long about it but there's something about this about like going into so you can only correspond with the person you're facing using like either like a emoji or preset phrases like i don't believe you or hello or like stuff like that or your mother's a whore uh your mother's a whore i think they patched that out <laughs> oh actually. okay sorry yeah. i must have played in early. that was in season three okay, they patched okay, that out okay. yeah but there's something really satisfying a lot of times i won't say anything like sometimes i use the there's like the spider-man meme where he's like pointing at the other spider-man <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah, pointing at each other yeah. if we play the same card i'll like do that but you get into matches sometimes and people just get so incredibly cocky and they'll just start spamming things at you and like asking you are you gonna snap and like i almost always do anyway but uh, you know like uh doing the doing the snap thing and then they're they're spamming hello and spamming i don't believe you and spam like everything else and they're just so confident and you're like looking at their deck like and i think they're gonna wipe me like i think i think what they're playing so far is gonna destroy me but i'm gonna stick with it and then you get to the end and on the last match they lose and you win <laughs> and then every time I, I'm always like, I remain quiet with all the emojis and I just start spamming the shit out of them. And they're always just dead <laughs> silent. And I, like it's the equivalent to me of, uh, of when somebody's trash talking and then they get killed in a horrific way in games. And you you just type question mark. Like that's all you say, just question mark. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's really satisfying to me, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting super into it, but it's, it's, it's still just a sideline game for me. It's never going to be like, hey, you want to play Call of Duty? Oh, no, I'm playing Marvel Snap tonight. Like, it's never going to be that kind of right. game for me, like almost no mobile games are. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Damn. Davey. Uh, I actually have a quick question for Brandon before yeah. I talk yeah. about what I've been playing. So with this new this new lease on life you have with PC gaming, are, are you oh. going to play uh, Starfield Day 1? Probably, maybe. You know what? I've actually been thinking about that as we get closer. I think I will play it on PC just because okay. I... So you answered the question I was going to ask is like, are, like uh, I'm thinking about a big game. Like, are you going to play it on PC or are you going to go back to console after so many years of just being console? I think that at this rate... I don't know why I have an Xbox now. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It's Game Pass on your recliner. That's why. That's why I have an Xbox. I could just buy. Yeah, like he a makes a good point, of... though. It's it's yeah. like, well, what are you gonna get on on Xbox that's not on PC? Yeah, nothing of note. Wow, it's a conundrum. It cool. It's the Halo edition. I mean, it could be a decoration now. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> here's what. Here's so I have a Series S because of that very thing. <laughs> Where I can play everything on PC, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a Series S so I can play Game Pass games on my recliner. And then now I'm realizing like, oh man, I've got so many games that I don't have a disk drive to put this put them in here. Right. And so like, if you have any kind of library for the old, for the 360 or the Xbox One, it's definitely... That's not true though, dude. Some of my games I've popped into my Series X. Yeah, but there's a lot of them that are. Damn. Yeah. So... I will say that there are times where I'm like, I really wish I had a disk drive right now. Yeah. Because I don't... I'm not playing games on there that need the power for a Series X. Right. So the Series S does me just fine. Absolutely. But because if I want to play something more powerful, I'm on PC. But I do wish that I'm like, man, I have all of the old Assassin's Creed games that I actually like on 360 and I can't just pop them in and play them. Right. So 
No, I think, Dave, I would potentially buy it on Series X if I didn't have something to flex my hardware on. If I bought a crappier PC, I think I would be more inclined to play things on my Series S, but right, right. I ended up getting something nicer than I expected. So Fair enough. Um, I finished Miles Morales. Uh, nice, when I say dude. finished, I finished the campaign. And nice. uh, I thought I did a fair amount of side stuff. And uh, I clocked in at eight hours. Nice. So that campaign was like five to six hours. Again, I knew it was short going in, but it felt really short, um, which is fine. It's DLC. Um, well, it's I, a, I think it's a full game release. It's no, it DLC. Is, it's, it isn't. It's DLC. Well, okay. I meant how they branded it. It was. And that's the pr- that, I think that's the problem. But yeah. I, I really, really, really understand now why it sold so poorly on PC compared to Spider-Man. Yeah. 50 bucks is like heinous for that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I To echo what Brandon said last week, I think I enjoyed this story and campaign more than the base game. Um, I don't know why. I really liked the Tinkerer. I liked um, I liked sort of Miles' relationship with the Prowler. Uh, it did get a bit weird when Prowler gave uh, Miles Morales a mix, a mixtape. But uh, anyways, it, that it is what it is, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, the weird thing is, is like, I knew the campaign was short and I was sure I was going to be like, okay, campaign's done. I want to go do a bunch of side stuff now, but I just don't want to. I, it, the weirdest thing happened. Like I, I, I jumped in the game and I started to do a side activity the other day after finishing the campaign. And I was just like, I don't want to play this anymore. And then two other times, like I booted up the game. I literally got up to the, got to the menu and I'm like, I want to play Deep Rock. I don't want to play this right now. Maybe that's less about Miles Morales and more about my weird infatuation with Deep Rock Galactic right now. But you know what the other thing is, is like this game being as short as it, as it is, it's like a prime candidate for me to want a platinum. And I do not want a platinum many games. But this is one where I'm like, I want to do it. But I just can't stand when people gate or sorry um game designers and developers gate platinums and trophies of any kind behind multiple playthroughs like yeah. why why make gamers have to do something they've already done just to unlock like a few extra skills or a few extra activities and stuff it just i don't know it i, I do as short as it was i do not want to have to play the campaign again of any game but yeah so i totally I agree with you on that second part I, I think it's pretty shitty when, when they do that. And pretty much all Insomniac games, I feel like, well, most of the recent ones have done that. It isn't a full pet playthrough, though, is it? You don't have to play the whole way oh, through. Okay. No. Okay. You need to play just long enough to get those extra things. I think. I, it's been I, two I years. I was going to say, so. I don't think I would have done it if it was another yeah. full playthrough. But I think sometime, now's not the time, but I want to have a uh, a conversation because I go back and forth on this price versus length debate. And there are games that have been 10 hours that I've paid $60 for where I've been like, that was totally worth it. And there have been games that have been 40 hours that I've paid $20 for. And I'm like, that was, that was shit. So like I go back and forth on, do I care about it? I will say that when I, when I went into miles Morales, I knew I was paying $50 for it. I knew it was going to be a short game. I did play it through, I think the whole way through twice um, and got the platinum and everything. But, I knew it was going to be short and I was still okay with paying the $50. And when I got done with it, I was totally fine. Like I didn't even think about, Oh, I paid $50 for that. 
part of that may have been my infatuation with new hardware because I played it. It was the first thing I played when the PS5 came out other than Astro. And part of it may be because just my deep love for Spider-Man. But that was a rare case for me where the game, the, the game being short didn't affect my thought process on the um, price point. So we'll have a, well, we should have yeah. a conversation about that. I, yeah. I, it's, it's really pertinent right now just with um, the Callisto protocol stuff. So yeah, I would love to have oh, that conversation because yeah. it's, it's something I'm really, really conflicted over. Right. Um, but last thing I literally played this for 30, 40 minutes before we started um, Mass Effect legendary edition. Um, I I really wanted to check it out um, before we, we, you know, we recorded today because um, the first game you play, obviously, is the oldest and it's the one that had the most work done in Legendary Edition. So, um, yeah, it was good to see that old, old game. And I think we're talking like 2006 or something um, running that well. Um, The frame rate's great. Uh, The textures are you can really tell it's updated. And the other thing they did is um, Mass Effect didn't really age well, especially when it came to its combat system, when oh. you held it up to like Mass Effect 2 and 3. So um, it's nice to see that a lot was done to kind of modernize the combat system and the feel of the movement and stuff like that. There is still stuff that's like kind of clunky where like when you loot a box for metagel or armor or something, it pulls up like a separate menu. So I would have liked to seen something like that be a little bit modernized, but I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to playing through the series again. I don't know if I'm going to do all three back to back, but um, yeah, I just love mass Effect, and it's, it's the PlayStation plus game of the month this, this month. So if you haven't played it, I know you two haven't. Um, I, I know there's not a lot of time, but at least put it in your library because there might be some downtime in the summer yeah. where yeah. this is probably the perfect thing to, to, yeah, I just, I love this series so much. And I know everything that's going to happen. And I was, I was watching the intro of this game and I'm like meeting characters and like, I remember everything and I don't care because I just, I love the experience. So yeah. Nice. Are, Dave, are you excited to drive the Mako with the updated controls? <laughs> I, I was a, um, one of the rare, um, I wouldn't say fan, but I did not hate the Mako um, in the original Mass Effect. So I'm I'm fine with the way it was. And I liked sort of the kind of archaic exploration because I kind of felt like that was the whole point is like you go down to these barren, unexplored planets and you have like, you don't know what the terrain's like and you have the shitty vehicle and you're just like all over the place. So I, maybe I'll miss it a little bit, actually, missing that that really old, <laughs> right? stupid, clunky way that it controlled. But yeah, I mean, um, it feels good so far. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll report back next week on all the Mako physics. Nice. Perfect. Well, if you want to hear Dave next week, we're going to lock it behind our $7. Patreon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have a Patreon and uh, you can join it for as little as a dollar a month. That equals out to under 25 cents an episode on average. We'd appreciate it over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. You can go there and support us for as little as a dollar a month. Get ad free early access. We appreciate it very much. It helps us out. And then also, of course, uh, go join the discord. It's free. You don't have to do anything to join it. Uh, go over to handsomephantom.com slash discord. We appreciate that as well. It's a fun time sometimes, but all the time it's interesting. That's for sure. And uh, <laughs> other than that, boys, I think that's it for the week. Enjoy the game awards, everyone. Oh yeah. Game yeah. awards. Yeah. That should be a blast. Good luck, Jeff. <laughs> Goodbye. 
The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Thanks to our producers, Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick, Chris Bylock, Derek O, Nuke Dukum, Brian Parrott, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhats. <laughs>